I'm Albany Irvin, your host for Facet Nation, an exciting podcast that will give you an insider's look into the brilliant world of jewelry. And today my insider is none other than Nancy Hornback. Nancy and I have known each other for decades. I'm not sure if we're going to reveal how many of those decades, but it has been a number of years. She entered the jewelry world in 2008, and as a graduate gemologist, I thought she would be perfect for the discussion as to what's hot and trending in jewelry right now, but also how do you know what you're you're getting? I mean, how do you know what you're getting when you pay for it? unless you have somebody there that can really certify stones. So Nancy, welcome to Facet Nation. Well, I am super excited to be here with you, my friend, Albany Irvin. <laughs> so let's kind of get the elephant out of the room. When you hear about GIA certified and master gemologist, I mean, there's a lot of little acronyms and, and vowels and consonants at the ends of people's names these days. What does a graduate gemologist really mean Part A and Part B, how important is it for a consumer to have certified stones by a graduate gemologist? Good question. Because I think um, the truth is the gemstone business can very much be the wild, wild west. Everybody and their brother can be selling all kinds of stones. But if you don't know what they're selling and you can't trust them, it's probably a good a time to back away because they'd be trying to sell you a stone, maybe like a tanzanite that maybe isn't really a tanzanite. Maybe it's mm. a, a fake ruby um, because they can make really good synthetic rubies and sapphires and all these days. However, why that? So what a graduate gemologist is, it's going through a program. And so I went through GIA, the Gemological Institute of America, which actually is the world's foremost authority on diamonds, colored gemstones, and pearls. And so they've created a program to teach other people how to, to become experts in diamonds, in colored gemstones, in pearls, understand jewelry terms, understand the history behind the colored gemstone world and the diamond world. And, and to become a graduate gemologist, you have to take certain courses. And I think the, the one that is the hardest one to take, which is the colored gemstones course, it's a huge course. And in that, I needed to identify my Final exam was to identify 20 stones, and I could not get one of them wrong. And you think that, well, that's easy. Well, I saw more than 500, probably between five and 700 stones that I identified during my coursework just for my color gemstones course. And um, so by the time you get to that, <laughs> you get to that, you're just, okay, I'm looking for doublets and triplets. This is where they put maybe glass and a filler and then on top of a real gemstone so it looks like something different and you're identifying a synthetic from a real. And so you have to get every single one of those stones right. So by the time you get out of your coursework and you become a Gemological Institute of America graduate gemologist, you have the knowledge base behind you. You also understand the ethics and the morals that, it, that, that you really are required to uphold as a GG. That is so important. And so when you buy from, so a cons for, from a consumer who wants to just go buy gemstones, the reason it is so important that you are buying from somebody who has the connection with the GIA or you've got graduate gemologists at a place that of business, please make sure that they're there because they will make sure that they are not telling you lies, giving you all kinds of information that's just a bunch of fake stuff that they're just making up because it sounds nice. And then they're also going to be, when they're selling you their stone, you're going to know that it's real. Go ahead. Yes. Well, I was going to say, First of all, my hands are sweating thinking about getting a pile of stones and having to identify them. Um, I got to tell you, I've pulled all kinds of things out of Cracker Jack's boxes growing up. And to get a pile of stones, not knowing whether they're going to be genuine or treated or glass, this is a big deal. So 
number one, congratulations. I know that it's an excruciating and grueling process, but you, you mentioned something just now that I felt is super important. As a consumer, if we walk into a store or a farmer's market or a pop-up event, the only way we can know a stone is certified is there some sort of certification or do you only go into retailers that advertise that they have GIA rated stones? Help me understand that. Yeah. So um, if you're going to actually buy investment stones and you're looking for investment type jewelry, please don't ever buy from anyone who you do, you, that is not connected with a GIA. You just don't want to do that. That is you know, I'm not going to go to a heart surgeon who's never performed a heart surgery before. Right? I'm going to make oh, sure wow, that I yeah. go, I'm going to go to somebody that has gone through the thing. They, they're they're going to do right by me. Right. And it's the same thing within gemstones, especially like I said, in those, those high end gemstones. Now, if you're just going to go and you're looking for uh, like a geo that usually you're going to see like the purple quartz, right? You're going to see that, right. or you might see some green or the white quartz or something. You're seeing your amethyst and then that's okay. That's fine because it's fun and it's it's fun to do that. You sh- shouldn't be that expensive. But when you're looking though to to have something really special, you need to have a GI. There is a, a certification that comes with gemstones, especially diamonds. You want to have that for sure because it's going to be rated with the four C's. And little sidebar, this is kind of a fun fact because when the Gemological Institute actually got started because of the wild, wild west that there was in diamonds, they would say, oh, this is an A diamond. Oh, this is a B diamond. This is a C diamond. And I'm like, nobody even know what those terms were. <laughs> and, so, and so they right. created an entire four C's of diamonds. And in the colors, and you'll notice if, you, if you've looked at any of the color, like where the color grid starts on a diamond, it actually starts at a D. And the reason the GIA started on the D is to completely get rid of the confusion of what A, B, and C was. So they created a whole grading for diamonds in terms of color, cut, clarity, and all of that. And your 4C is your um, carat weight. But then they also went into the gemstone, the color gemstone world. And the color gemstone world to me is so fascinating. There's, it, it's so beautiful. The colors that, that pop out from the earth are just fascinating. And we're, you know, you find little pockets in different stones, just not all the time, but every once in a while you do. And so when you get these colored stones, even more important that you are with somebody who understands telling you what that gemstone actually is. So let me give you an example. So I was actually in my GIA, uh, my final exam for my, for my color gemstone test. And one of those stones, and I have to, I'll be really honest. I took it three times in order to pass that class. And the two, the, both the times that tripped me up were a ruby. Now rubies are very identifiable because they have, you know, they'll always have inclusions. They have really pretty inclusions in them. Well, this particular ruby, I was like, totally a ruby, totally. It had, it had some, the inclusions that were very characteristic of what a, a ruby would have in nature. Some, and it tested, I did all the testing on it. I'm like, yeah, that's a ruby. So I called it a ruby. Well, it was a fake ruby. And so wow. even to a trained gemologist, and they can look at that and they're looking with the, their, their power loop there. Mm-hmm. If they may see, you know, these, this looks like a real Ruby, but if you have any, if you've got any weight behind you, what you're going to do is, and if you don't have a certification on that Ruby, I'm going to send that to the GIA because they're going to do a little bit more testing on that Ruby. So I can find things out like, is it fake? Is it real? And if it's real, where did it come from? Like what part of the earth could it have come from? Because there's all these like clues into colored gemstones that you can say, well, there's a little bit of element of this. And and there are some of these inclusions, which which could mean that it came from. It could come from Burma, or came from. It came from 
Madagascar or something like that. You know, it's just really fun to have those clues. Okay. So I'm loving this. It sounds like a, a real life organic scavenger hunt straight from God, mother nature. These are things that you can't just dial up and have created when they're natural gemstones. I do have a quick question for you. I want to go back to it for just a moment. And then I want to ask you what your favorite stone is. So we're going to just do the first question. You said that as part of being a graduate gemologist, in addition to being able to identify stones and classify stones, there's also a portion of that responsibility as to being ethically sourced and morals and responsibility on how these stones are obtained. Could you talk a little bit more about that? So ethically sourced, I think most people have heard about the blood diamonds that came out of Africa, right? And so there's a whole, that, that whole thing. And what happens is, is that the, because the colored gemstone world is not super regulated, even like the diamond, diamond, diamonds are much more regulated because they have the machining and all the things. And, but with the colored gemstone world, you have this, most of the, the mining is done with like picks and axes and things like that. And so, so just kind of going back to the diamonds, if they, they find diamonds and somebody has them, you will, the whole thing back then is I'm going to kill you for that diamond. I'm going to hurt somebody. I'm going to steal this from you. So there's all this unethical behavior happening. Families are at risk. The miners are at risk. They are not being truthful about what they have. They smuggle stuff. Like that's all that is, you know, this, um, that's that really icky part. And there is an icky part and undercurrent of the colored gemstone and, and diamond industry. There just is. And so when you have, what you really want are things where the governments of these, these uh, countries have come in and made sure that the workers are safe, that they're fit, they're, uh, the surrounding uh, villages are safe, that they're actually getting fresh water and they have plenty of food to eat, that they have safe housing, you know, so that it becomes ethically sourced. A great example of that is, is Tanzanite. So Tanz- Tanzanite comes from one location in the world the foot of the Mount Kilimanjaro. And there is, um, now there may be more at this point, but there were four mine blocks that went straight down into the earth. And now originally there wasn't any, anything about, like there was no regulation about that, but eventually Tanzanite one came in and they start protected the area and started to take care of the miners, take care of the families, take care of those people so that they wouldn't have all of this, the danger involved. And Tanzanite is a thousand times rarer than a diamond. And, um, and the way that those blocks go, they go all the way down instead of, uh, they're not wide, they're long. And so you get really far into the earth. Oh my gosh. I I have to tell you, you're opening our eyes. And when we hear things like GIA certified or ethically sourced and responsibly sourced, it's because we're trying to protect the consumers and the workers. And I have to tell you, I am so happy to be able to say that today's episode is sponsored by Jared, the Galleria of Jewelry because they believe in ethically sourced and certified materials. I'll tell you this, I purchased several of my favorite jewelry pieces from Jared, including my favorite tassel earrings that I'm wearing almost all the time. And they believe that they should celebrate life brilliantly with not only stunning bridal, but also fashion jewelry. So whether it's a virtual consultation or buying online and picking up in store, I'd love for you to know that Jared is committed to offering you not only a fantastic shopping experience through extraordinary jewelry options and services, but also responsibly sourced materials. Plus, you're going to find the perfect expression of your unique style or everlasting love at Jared, including custom design and cleaning. Visit a Jared consultant in store or online at jared.com for more information. And we thank Jared for sponsoring this episode. So Nancy, I want to get back to a couple of things because you are 
completely opening my mind. In fact, we may have to have you back for more as our time is getting short, but I'm going to ask you the question that every mother or ice cream lover hates to get asked, which is, which is your favorite? So, I mean, I, I see your eyes light up. I hear the voice inflection. If you had to choose one stone, what would be your favorite or can you? I'm going to, but with okay. abundance of caution. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I do, I, it's hard to pick a favorite because I, it, to me, when I'm around my beautiful colored gemstones and diamonds and the beautiful jewelry, uh, my, I just get a little pitter patter up in my heart and I, I get a little funkified, honestly, because I just, it, it, gemstones makes me so happy. <laughs> it's just, it's there that are, one well, thing. There, there are rock stars. You they can be are. a rock star if you love gems. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually going to, I'm going to tell you when I, I'll preface it by saying this. I am so sorry that I do not have one of these gemstones, which is why I'm going to tell you it's my favorite. Potty okay. tourmalines. Don't have ah, them. Um, and Potaiba tourmalines are spectacular in color. They are a vibrant, they can be this vibrant neon, almost blue or like an electric blue or a neon green that just seems to glow from within. They're very rare. Big sizes. I used to present big sizes of these Potaiba tourmalines. I don't even know that you can find them greater than a probably maybe half a carat of three quarters. I'm not 100% sure what they're finding these days. And I remember at one of the jewelry shows that I was at a few years ago, I there was a huge pot of Ema tourmaline. And I think it was something like, it was something like, I don't know, $80,000 or something just for wow. the stone. I mean, it, but it's, you know, the rarity of that stone and there's something really special. But, you know, when you're picking, when you're thinking, gosh, what's my favorite gemstone too? I would just, and should I have, you know, one of those really expensive stones or, and the way I think about the colored gemstone world, I want you to go with the color you love, what speaks to you, the, the inclusions. Like if you buy, let's say, a um, let's say it's a, a, a turquoise and they've got some veining in it. What, if you're looking at a, a jewelry store and you see a beautiful turquoise, take a look at all the turquoise rings and see which one of those turquoise rings speak to you because they're going to have a little different inflection. They're going to have their own unique sure. characteristics. And so that's, what's really cool about gems. You know, it's so amazing to hear you say this and even to talk about Prada Iba Tourmaline when you talk about color because colored stones have made a huge resurgence. And I don't know if it's because Pantone picked gray for a color of the year last year and we were thinking, yuck, wah-wah, or if it's because we've come out of a couple of years of turbulence here worldwide. But at Vicenza in January, at Arezzo in May, JCK in June, the entire jewelry industry, one of the themes that we're seeing is bold, vibrant colors. And then I was reading an article about the Met Gala, and many of the stars and the celebrities had on emeralds. And last year, one of the organic gems of the year was Aquapraise, when you think about finding a new stone. And then, of course, we've all, oh, well, I'll just put it on me. I've been listening to all the J-Lo stuff happening with her green diamond. So is green a color that we should watch for? Or is it just bold color in general? You know, I'm so much of a, a traditionalist in, in, and as a graduate gemologist, I don't really get caught up in, in what's happening right there and in the moment for me personally, because to me, colored, bold colored stones 
and vibrance, those jewel tones that come out, they're appropriate every single year of every single decade. Yes, please. Yes, I should remind myself who I'm asking. Yes, you do. But you know, the other part of that, and yes, I think that they are important and it's fun, especially if you are a fashionista and you love to follow the trends, go into that. And actually, I have to say, I'm very happy to see that emeralds are making a comeback because they really had a, they got a bad rap because of somebody filling up these emeralds with something they shouldn't have just to make them stronger and uh, more durable. And yet they got caught in not saying what the treatments were on those emeralds. And so it's been a long, long time since we've seen a resurgence of emeralds. So that, in my opinion, is good news. So you know what? This kind of, it's almost a hamster wheel. We're coming back. You have to know where your gems are sourced. They need to be GIA certified. They need to be responsibly and ethically sourced. And that's really something that all consumers should keep in mind because I think about reading in the Bible about gemstones. I think about the fact that you have to go to the earth and mine them. These are beautiful collector's pieces, but yet you can wear them. So there's a work of art that You know, it's a legacy. I don't know. I grew up and I had a family Bible that was this big, huge book, like a yellow pages, if anybody is old enough to remember the yellow pages. Um, But you weren't allowed to touch it. it, The pages were brittle. I also have a ring from my great, great grandmother that each oldest woman in my family has been passed down when they turned 16. And so now my oldest has it. I feel like gemstones are those legacy collectible works of art that have this treasured, I don't know, it's beyond a collectible. It's this heartfelt legacy piece, an heirloom. I would totally agree with that because as a sidebar to that, when if you are buying a new colored gemstone and make sure that when you're buying it, you understand where it's sourced, like to, like the the origin, if you can get the origin, where where was it sourced? Was it in Africa? Was it in Madagascar? Was it in was it in um, Sri Lanka? Was it, you know, where was it? Was it someplace in the United States? And get the information as much as you can on that colored gemstone because you want to pass that story down with along along with that piece because that's, it's part of that legacy building. It's part of like, if it, it reaches a generation that goes, what is that blue thing? I don't know what that blue thing is. Uh, I think it's a piece right. of glass. Uh, no, we got to tell these stories. Right. And, then, and they do become, you know, exciting. But I want you to wear these pieces, even though if they are leg- legacy pieces and you've, re- you know, you've been, they've been passed down for two or three generations, wear them. I don't care if you spent $50,000 on, on a piece. Don't keep it in a safe deposit box. Don't be putting yeah. it in a, in a jewelry box. For heaven's sake, it's meant to be worn and adored and because it's, it's so personal. It is. So when you talk about personal, there's a lot of legend and lore and meaning and symbolism beside, behind jewelry. We are also seeing a nod to sometimes people choosing a colored gemstone rather than a diamond. Do you think that that's going to be a, a, a passe thing, a passing moment? Or do you think people are moving to that for the sentiment and the, and the legacy part of it? I think it's, you know, it's just how we, how we move in the world, right? Sometimes we're all about diamonds. Sometimes we're all about colored gemstones. And I think it's, I think to your point, as you said earlier, to, earlier today, is that, you know, or we're seeing this all these bold colors because of the pandemic and coming out of our shells and all of that. And I think it's very possible that this is for the time right now. And it will be, it will be the, um, that moment of, of celebration, like the confetti going up and all around. We want to, we want to be surrounded with a confetti of color 
And so I don't, I don't know that it's going to be, I don't think it'll go back and go, we'll never see colored gemstones and it's going to be kind of a thing. And it's all about diamonds. I think there's, there's a way to play with it all because remember most diamonds are white diamonds, right? So they play very right. well with a lot of color. And we like to see yes, some of the colors. So, you know, I know we're kind of coming close to our, our, our time limit here, but one of the things that I appreciate about you taking the time to educate us is now that we know that we want something that's a certified stone, ethically sourced, and working with a retailer that has a graduate gemologist, we can go out and pick what we think is beautiful. I, what I'm hearing from you is it doesn't necessarily mean what's good, better, or best. It what makes our heart shine and smile. For sure. And I use that in, so let's pick an amethyst. Most people know what an amethyst is. It's a cord, it's a purple stone. And amethyst comes in a range of purple. And they're right. even, you know, there's, they used to call this a green amethyst, which was a green color of quartz, but that's not really a thing. It's really should be, um, it's, it's not all of a sudden my, that the, the name for it <laughs> just goes out of my head. But anyway, so you, if you have the way that the value, the industry sees it is that if you have that sweet spot, so a gem, a transparent gem might be very light in color, like that light, light purple of an amethyst or almost deep rich that it's almost black, right? But you still mm -hmm. see a hint, hint of purple. But the medium tone right smack in the middle of that, that range of color for an amethyst, that is what is seen as the most valuable in terms of the industry terms, because it's the, it's the smallest amount that can really get that sweet spot of that beautiful purple. But what if you don't like that color of purple? Maybe your eyes, you've got this, you love the, the smoky, deep, rich mm -hmm. beauty of the, of the extra spectrum of that almost black, but you see the purple coming through and there's a little bit of royalty that comes into that. There's something, yeah. there's really something almost dangerous to feel of that if that's the kind of the way you feel. Or maybe you like that super light color of purple, that, that soft whisper because it's delicate and it's just, you feel like yeah. you're always, it's a spring day and, and that's what you like. Go with that, not what the industry tells you should, you should have, Go with what your gut is telling you and really what speaks to you, because I do promise you stones will speak to you. That sounds kind of stupid um, and no, just kind of weird, but it's, it's so true because they're coming from the earth, right? Where they're right. mined from the earth. The earth, as we know, has a ton of energy behind it. Mm -hmm. And in that is, this, is the energy of those gemstones. And when you see it and you feel it, you will know you have picked out the right, the right stone. Whether it was a- $50 piece or a $50,000 piece. You will know if you've picked out the right one. Oh gosh, we heard it right here from Miss Nancy Hornback. If it's speaking to you and you've gone over your allowance, what can you tell what can you tell Mother Nature? The earth spoke to me. I got to have it. <laughs> yeah, Nancy, it has been a complete delight. I am so grateful that you've educated us. It's been a lot of fun. I feel empowered. I'm hoping you're feeling empowered as well. Please reach out to us on any of our social media platforms. Make your comments below because Facet Nation is all about giving you that insider's look. We kind of want to peel back that velvet curtain so that you can have all access to really understand the world of jewelry and make purchases that last a lifetime. Thank you again, Nancy, and we will see you next time.